Chapter Twenty of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Twenty. Robbed of the Spoils. Had we better move along out of here? asked Jerry as he looked doubtfully toward the quarter whence the three sportsmen were hastily advancing. What for? demanded Bluff truculently. You know what Bill Nackerson threatened to do if ever the chance came his way, Jerry replied. We're outnumbered three to two. His words implied that had there been an even showing, he might not even have thought of leaving. Bluff knew that their best policy under the circumstances would be to walk away and avoid any trouble with the men. He also remembered promising Frank not to take any unnecessary chances, no matter what came up. At the same time, Bluff was a poor loser. By that it must not be understood that when fairly beaten he would try to find fault and call his defeat an accident. For Bluff was always the first to congratulate a victor, even though he might be one of the victims. But he hated to give anything up. So he looked first at the three men, who were now drawing very near, and then he allowed his gaze to rest upon the form of the dead moose. It was, as Bluff himself afterward expressed it, like drawing his eye-teeth to let that bully moose slip out of his possession. "'Don't let's hurry too much,' he told Jerry, as a sort of compromised decision. "'Perhaps, after all, they'll just give us a hauling over the coals and move on, leaving the game to us.' "'I hope so,' muttered Jerry, rather disconsolately and then his face suddenly lighted up, as with the coming of an idea. Jerry was always a great hand for conceiving plans on the spur of the moment. Sometimes they had a germ of good in them, and again they only aroused the laughter of his comrades. "'Oh, Bluff, I've just thought of something,' he exclaimed, lowering his voice a little because he was afraid that one of the advancing sportsmen might overhear. "'Shucks! Is that so, Jerry?' remarked the other, who as a rule did not have a great deal of faith in anything Jerry conceived. "'Then hurry up, and let's hear what it is.' "'They're three, and we only count two all told,' Jerry began. "'Tell me something new,' muttered the other impatiently. "'And maybe if Frank and Will were along they wouldn't feel so bossy, because the tables would be turned then, four against three. But our chums are a good many miles from here, interposed Bluff, with fine scorn. Yes, but you see the men don't know that, said Jerry. Hey, do you mean we might pull the wool over their eyes and make out we had backing nearby? Is that what you're aiming at? No harm done in trying it, is there? It might work. Even if that fire-eating Bill didn't show cold feet, his two friends would advise him not to go too far. How about it, Bluff? Don't you think it's a good scheme? Bluff grinned. Well, he hastened to say, I don't think it will cut much of a figure. Chances are we're going to be cheated out of our prize, and that'll make me sore, I'll tell you. But Bluff, please remember what we promised Frank, urged Jerry, who had a streak of caution in his makeup, though no one had even thought to term him timid. Oh, I don't mean to stir him up so he'll tackle us, returned Bluff. But there's one thing I never will stand for. Tell me what that is, won't you, Bluff? We mustn't let him lay a hand on us, said the other grimly, and under no consideration, Jerry, allow them to take our guns away. Why, what would become of us if we found ourselves adrift in the big woods after a storm, 
and without any way of defending ourselves or getting game. You're right, Bluff, but what if they make a move to do it? Cover him right away, and threaten to let fly. When they see we mean business, I reckon they'll hold Bill back. Now stop talking, cause here they come. Jerry drew a long breath, and waited for further developments. They would not be long in coming, for the three sportsmen had by this time almost reached the spot where the boys stood, close to the fallen moose. Already the men could be heard expressing in loud tones their astonishment at seeing what noble game had fallen to the guns of the outdoor chums. This in itself was positive proof that they had not up to then been aware that the big moose was anywhere in the vicinity. It proved to the boys the absurdity of the high-handed claim which later on Bill Nackerson chose to make. Hey, look there, Bill, what they've downed, the man who went by the name of Whalen was heard to exclaim. I'll be hanged if it ain't that giant moose you cut loose at both years we were up here before. Nackerson's face was a study. He stared as though hardly able to believe his eyes. Besides the look of wonder, there crept across his evil face one of growing chagrin and anger. Bluff could understand how this might be, after hearing how Bill had on several occasions tried to down the wonderful moose, only to meet with dismal failure. And no doubt while he continued to advance staring and breathing fast the bold scheme was hatched in bill nackerson's brain which he proceeded to put into execution it was not a new idea a same claim has often led to conflicts over fallen game where rival hunters disputed its possession so it's just as we thought fellas and the old bull moose didn't run many miles after i gave him that last shot I told you if we kept on following his trail we'd run into him sooner or later But what do you kids want here hanging over my game tell me that Jerry had to put out a hand to steady himself against a neighboring pine He was so staggered by the audacity of this remark Why the man was actually claiming that he had shot the big moose after their following the animal so many miles through the snow forest No wonder it took Jerry's breath away he could not have uttered a single word had his life depended on it bluff however was not quite so taken aback possibly he may even have suspected that something like this would be attempted because on no other grounds could the rival hunters claim the spoils of the hunt as their property so bluff allowed himself a little sneering laugh oh it was you who shot this moose was it mr nackerson he remarked the man did not like the way these words were spoken but he was playing a bold game of which any honest hunter would have been ashamed and felt that he must carry it through to the end That's what it was boy. He declared with a black scowl if you look you can see where my bullet struck him in the body Just back of where I aimed a deer or moose will always run a long distance after being hit between the ribs that way Ain't that so Whalen? Whalen made no reply Perhaps he was so astonished by the audacity of Bill's claim that he could not catch his breath. Well, now, that's queer, Bluff went on, determined to have some say in the matter, even if finally cheated out of his just rights. Here, my chum and I have been thinking, we were following that moose's trail all the way from our camp, a matter of as much as eight miles, more or less, and say we even believe we fired a double shot just now at him. While he was standing here browsing on that branch Jerry we sure must have been dreaming all that I Guess you were kid the man continued without allowing a flicker of a smile to cross his face Although both of his companions wore wide grins 
You may have got up just in time to set eyes on my moose before he keeled over, but don't let me catch you trying to claim a hand in landing him, hear that? If, as you say, Mr. Nackerson, Bluff went on doggedly, you shot him a long ways back, and he's just dropped here through exhaustion, why, of course, you can show us marks of blood all along his trail. What's that you say, you young cub? demanded the other angrily. When a deer's badly wounded, he leaves a trail of red on the snow that even a half-blind man could see, Bluff told him boldly. If you can even show us even one mark, twenty feet away from here, we'll never put in any claim for the killing. It was a fair challenge, but of course as Bill Nackerson's claim was founded on sand, he would never dream of accepting it. Bluff knew as much when he said what he did, for he had sized the other up long ago for just what he was a bully and an unfair sportsman who did not care how he secured his game so long as he got it what do you take me for to be forced to prove my word against a couple of impudent kids he roared for when men realize that they're in the wrong they often like to whip themselves into a passion but if you look you'll find there are two bullets in that moose and they'll turn out to be of the same pattern we use in our guns bluff continued meaning to rub it in as hard as he could before being compelled to retreat as he fully expected would be the ultimate outcome of the encounter that'll do for you youngster said the man with a snarl i tell you this moose belongs to me i shot it and we've been on the trail of the wounded animal for a long time that goes mind you not another word now or i may take a notion to kick you out of here minus your precious guns he even advanced a step in a threatening manner instantly bluff half raised his gun and the way he looked at nackerson caused the other to hesitate at the same instant the two men who were with him laid hands on his arms hold on bill leave the kids alone Whalen said soothingly as though startled at the possibility of a tragedy following this piratical act on the part of their companion let em clear out then and in a big hurry growled nackerson making what seemed a violent effort to wrest his arms free but which did not deceive bluff who knew that the other was not so anxious to shake off the grip of his companions as he pretended for one moment bluff was even tempted to carry things to the point of demanding the departure of the three sportsmen and thus leaving the moose to its lawful owners before his mental vision came a glimpse of frank's face and he remembered the promise he had made not to be rash the chances were the three men would positively refuse to relinquish the moose and it might even come to a free-for-all fight in which the boys were apt to get the worst of it so bluff though much against his will made up his mind he would have to bow to conditions however unwelcome they might seem it was a shame to have to yield those splendid horns to their rivals when the latter had no right other than that of might to carry them off don't go to any bother about us mr nackerson bluff went on to say with as much sarcasm in his tones as he could summon we might feel like disputing your silly claim only that would mean all sorts of trouble but please change your mind about thinking of taking our guns away because no matter what we had to do we never would stand for that you know the man twisted in the grip of his friends again he acted as though wild to break away and fling himself on the boys no matter if both guns were half raised and covering him but somehow he did not succeed in freeing himself bluff considered that it was simply wonderful how those two wise friends managed to hold on to him You'd better go, youngsters," said Whalen. 
We mightn't be able to hold him back much longer. You see, he's getting that crazy, and the sight of you aggravates him considerable. Oh, is that so? said Bluff jeeringly, though at the same time he took one backward step. Well, I hope for his sake you can hold on a little while longer. I'd sure dislike to cripple any man away up here so far away from a doctor, but if he jumps at us, he'll get his medicine right fast, and that's straight goods, I'm telling you. Come on, Bluff, Jerry was saying, anxious to avoid trouble, yet not afraid. Perhaps we'd better be going, though I'd always say that was our moose, and tell everybody what a thief did to us in the big woods. Get away with you, shouted Nackerson, before I do you harm. I'd hate to lay a hand on a boy in anger, but you don't want to rile me too much. You didn't hold back when you struck that poor relation of yours, Teddy, in the face, did you, Mr. Nackerson? said Bluff boldly. But we're not afraid that you'll bother trying the same on us. It makes considerable difference when a boy's got a gun. If you ever laid a hand on me like you did, Teddy, you'd live to be sorry for it. Go, go, snapped the man, now furiously angry so that the others had to cling more tenaciously than ever, for fear that he might break away, regardless of consequences. And as a last word, added Bluff, I want to tell you I've a hunch we'll get that pair of moose horns yet, in spite of you, with which he backed away from the scene of their triumph and defeat. End of chapter 20